This is a moment in wine and hip hop, brought to you by Crew Love, blending wine and hip hop at the highest level. Wine and hip hop, wine and music. Yeah, what's good, y'all? It's your man Jermaine Showtime Stone, aka the Wolf of Wine, aka the Zara Vibes, aka Young Thanos. So I'm just out here collecting Infinity Stones, and this show right here is definitely an infinity stone for me i have been a fan of these women for such a long time it's one of those shows that i've been looking forward to recording for a while even before it was set up even before it was booked i'm like yo this is wine and hip-hop i gotta sit down with these ladies man today's guests are robin and andrea mcbride y'all know them you drink the wine you know that black girl magic I had such a good time recording this episode. It was our first time meeting, even our first time speaking. And literally five minutes in, it felt like we knew each other forever. It, this, this whole episode really feels like those dope-ass successful cousins that only get together on Thanksgiving got together and was kikiing it up at the back of the table for the whole dinner. This was that conversation. I just remember when I walked away from that interview, I was just so blown away by how authentic they are, how real they could keep it as people, but at the same time still be so successful at such a huge scale. We had an amazing time. I'm really looking forward to doing more things with them. Robin and Andre, y'all already know. Y'all need anything, holla at your boy. If you're in New York, scream at me. I have been looking forward to putting this episode out. We are still celebrating hip hop's 50th birthday. Man, by the end of it, they put me right on the phone with E40, just like that. They are real ones. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, I don't know what you're doing. Make sure you scroll down, hit subscribe right now because we got a lot more heat coming on the way. But this one right here is a smoker. So without further ado, Wine and Hip Hop featuring the McBride sisters. Thank you for having me in your home. Like, Thank you for coming. Thanks, thanks for coming through. I incredibly honored. You know, we have, up here in the Yay area, I got to, yeah. you know, <laughs> holler at. Every time I come into a city, I try to make sure to link up with the, the people that run the town yep. and, you know, all roads. <laughs> well, welcome to the Bay. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to the Bay for sure. Glad to be out here. I mean, like, uh, you know, I don't even know where to start because I feel like as soon as you guys came on the scene, there was just this, everyone was just so wrapped up in your story, you mm, know? Mm. Um, it's, it's really like something out of a storybook almost. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what was that moment like when you first became aware of each other? Um, well, yeah, our story is definitely not normal in wine, for sure. Um, so we became aware of each other at different times, but when I'll speak for myself, when I first became aware of Andrea and that I had a sister, I learned about her through our father's family, who I didn't have a relationship with our dad, and they let me know uh, that I had a little sister in New Zealand. I don't have any other siblings, so I had a little sister in New Zealand, and I was like, one, where is New Zealand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and two, uh, how did I get a sister down there? But it definitely was life-changing for me. Um, I didn't have siblings. I didn't have a relationship with our dad. And um, finding out that I had a sister was kind of something I always 
you know, in the back of my mind was like, maybe, you know, my dad had another child somewhere. You felt that? Yeah, yeah, for sure, because I didn't grow up knowing him, so I, I knew that there was a chance that he had more children somewhere. Um, but for like a lot of only children, I think you always wish you had a sibling, yeah. right? Um, so when I learned about her, I was very excited and um, it changed my life. You know, it changed my perspective on myself. I'm no longer an only child, now I'm a sister. I have a sister. Um, and for me, I found out about her, that she existed, and met her in person, like, within a couple of days. Oh. So it all happened super fast. And you were um, in New Zealand at the time? So when she found out about me, I was visiting our dad's family in Alabama. I was in Camden, Alabama, and Robin received this letter. She was in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, uh, our auntie uh, picked up the phone, Robin, like, Called, um, received a letter. There was a number saying, "Please call us." She called it, uh, and it just happened that I was visiting from New Zealand. Crazy. Bottom yeah, of the yeah, it was like, "Yo, I need a favor." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get him pretty together. much. Yeah, <laughs> pretty. And um, normally, the bottom, bottom of the southern hemisphere, I was sitting um, in my auntie's living room in Alabama, and we connected. And then the next day, um, we had family in New York. And I was uh, flying into LaGuardia, and Robin jumped on a plane from Atlanta to LaGuardia. I was like, and, "I'll meet you there." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was, and that was, you know, January of 1999. Wow, that's crazy. So, and you're both from separate areas in the world. Did you expect to get in the wine industry? Like, no. Interestingly no. enough, you're also from like two places that there's a, a serious home for wine. Well, ultimately, that's what we had to get into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we saw, we hustled, we saw yeah, that. no, we yeah. saw that. But I think, like, independently, even though we both came from wine-growing regions, independently, we're, we were not like, we're going to get into the wine industry or we're going to be winemakers. I don't think that that ever really was a serious thought for nah. either of us. No. Nah. But when we met each other and we, you know, Andrea came to Monterey, I went to New Zealand. They are eerily similar. Wow. It's scary. So you haven't been to New Zealand yet. Yeah, we're, we're going to take you. We're, we're going to take you. You're coming with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're coming with us. But you'll see it is so strikingly similar to the central coast of California and the, the wine growing region. And so it was just kind of like, you know, a series of things, I think, for us that was like, wait a minute, what are the chances that we both grew up and like really, you know, independently, really similar places. Both of the places are, you know, have become like prominent wine growing regions. Andrea's uncle, her mom's brother, um, was a grape grower. So just like kind of like as we got to know each other, as we started to build our relationship, we started to understand more and more that we have this like really common tie um, that revolves around wine, wine region, wine making. And ultimately it felt like something we couldn't really ignore. Um, so much of our story is like, you know, just about things that are, are meant to be, right? Yeah. Like whatever, no matter what we thought or what we planned, there's these things that just hit us in the face that we can't ignore. And, and ultimately it's what led us to creating a wine company together. Yeah, and from a wine perspective, both coastal, oceanic, cool climate, right. growing regions. Mm -hmm. So it was <laughs> like, you know, wow. we gotta yeah. do this. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it, it's... it chows us. Yeah. Well, let's put it that but, way. Yeah. Even with that, you know, with seeing the, the synergies in, in the areas, like, it's not even like at that time there was a ton of black people jumping into the wine business, yeah. you know? What was it that was really the catalyst, like, yo, we, we're qualified to do this and I know that we can be successful. What was it that you saw that told you that? 
we weren't qualified. <laughs> I think, we really I think, weren't. I think a part of our DNA um, makes us feel like we were born and qualified to do whatever we put our mind yeah. to. If I'm, if I'm keeping it 100. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think that, you know, um, when we met, I was 16, Robin was 25. Um, after we met, I went back to New Zealand. And then I came back to America for university. And I was in Southern California. Robin was in Monterey. And we would drive and we would meet each other like halfway that puts you right in at the very bottom of Central Coast of Santa Barbara, you know, um, wine growing regions. And we were just really getting to know each other as women and sisters, you know, but found ourselves in this backdrop of tasting rooms of wine ag and, um, you know, going into those situations. And like we, we are hauntingly obsessed with wine. This is like our passion. And then but going into those situations and just feeling like we could tweak it a little bit, like we could add some music in the background, you know what I'm saying? Like the experience we felt like, you know, maybe wasn't necessarily meant for us. And so I think that was probably like the point where we were like, we know a lot of people that would really love this experience. And um, as we envision it. Yeah, 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 as, yeah like yeah, through yeah. our lens, yeah, right? Through our, yeah. through our rosy yeah. colored glasses. Yeah. And, um, and, and that was really the catalyst is like, how can we like make this amazing experience that combines culture and history and gathering and food and obviously an amazing liquid, right? Um, with a lot of people. Right, oh, man, that, that, that's amazing. I can't even imagine like, with, with family so often, you, hang, I hang out, I have five brothers and sisters. Oh wow. Okay. You know, so I hang out my, with them and I see all these similar <laughs> characteristics in each of us, but we're all like really different. Yeah. And I hear stories about my grandfather and all these people who I'm, we share a family lineage, but we've never met. Yet still, we have all these like eerie similarities. Right. Like, so I can't even imagine what that's like when you were just getting to know one another and really thinking through and identifying those things. But also, you know, at the end of the day, um, a good partnership is about balance right you know and you're two completely different individuals so with that while you were getting to know one another what was it that said okay we'll be good partners because good partners you, you can't both be good at the same thing right you each have That's to right. have your strengths we're, we complement each yeah, other exactly yeah so yeah. What, where does that compliment come together well i think i mean we're just we're very fortunate in that it, it works and that um, our strengths complement each other. We didn't really know that up front. Um. <laughs> we, 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 can't, we, we can't say that we went into it like, yeah, I'm good like, this, what are your you're strengths? good. Yeah, like, like, wait, we didn't go into it. Yeah, when nah. we started our business, she was a junior in college still, right? So like professionally, like she didn't have a bunch I, of... She's saying politely that I didn't have a lot to offer, basically. <laughs> I was no. young, I had a lot of energy, she you didn't know? Have, <laughs> she didn't have a lot of professional experience right. per se. She had gumption. She, she had, had that's exactly right. She had tenacity. Um, but so we learned as we started our business where her strengths are, where my strengths are. And fortunately for us, we we say we're puzzle pieces. Like we're just very lucky that, you know, our individual personalities and where we excel aligns with each other and we pick up, you know, on our strengths and weaknesses together. That's not always the case. Obviously, like siblings, we talk to a lot of people, we mentor a lot of people and we take a lot of calls from folks who are like, I'm trying, you know, trying to get this business together, entrepreneurs, talk about family businesses and we're like, well, 
you know, you kind of can't really use this as a good example. One, because we're kind of perfect. Oh, we're kind of perfect. <laughs> we're sort of a bit of an anomaly. We're sort of perfectly <laughs> aligned. But also because we didn't grow up together, we don't have a lot of like background baggage. We're not like bringing a lot of like, you know, historical mess yeah, or trauma. Like, like mommy was your favorite. Yeah, we, like, we don't have you that. Know. So we really, um, our relationship as sisters developed while we were building our business together. So I know, you know, for a lot of families, the challenge is like, you're already bringing animosity to the table. You're already bringing like past <laughs> a little baggage. Like, problems. Yeah. Um, and we're just so grateful to have each other as sisters. We don't take it for granted at all. We don't bring, you know, trivial things right. to the table in our relationship as sisters and as business partners. And then combined with that, we just, you know, are blessed with the fact that we are so complementary to each other um, across all really aspects of our business yeah. that it, it works for us, which is, it's just not the case for everybody. Not, right. Yeah. Yeah. Customers, I mean, so. yeah, I know. I know. Sometimes you pick partners and then they don't be the right yeah. Right. Right. Uh, we uh, were assigned. Yeah. Nah, seriously, yeah. like this is really one of those things where I'm a firm believer. Like right now, I feel like I'm in the spot I'm supposed to be. Right. You know, I'm, right. Being as much of myself as is all raw, no cut for me. You right. Know, it's like I'm being as much of myself as possible. Like, and with that, not everyone is not everyone finds where they're supposed to be in life right. and do the things that they are supposed to do. Everything about what you guys are doing is just like kismet. That y'all, y'all, it like, is kismet. Yeah, Straight yeah. me down. You, it you is. are the definition of kismet. We are, and we are constantly, um, and we always are grateful and full of gratitude for that. Seriously. Yeah. Um, but you know. Okay. You know, I ask every guest on the show if you could pick any <laughs> rapper, any hip hop artist specifically mm, okay. that mm -hmm. fits your style, your persona, your energy. Who would that artist be? Well, I know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if it's going to be the same answer. Um, I hope not. I, I know. I, I hope we don't like. Say the well, same you time. never know. See, that's yeah, one yeah. of the things that's wild you about us know. is that we the same. Y'all yeah. still surprise uh, each other? We do. We do. <laughs> we really do. Um, oh, thank you. I would probably say Missy Elliott. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, this is, I feel like Missy will rock this. I, said, I feel like she might, right? I feel like she might. Just because, like, personally, I think she's genius, but mm -hmm. I think that she brings um, an element of surprise i think like she's multi-talented mm -hmm. obviously mm -hmm. she like spans she's just so talented and she spans you know all across the industry but i think that also surprises people and i feel like we and our wines often also surprise people they don't expect kind of the um the level of what we produce and what we provide so i feel like there's kind of sort of an alignment there not saying like we're geniuses necessarily but I think just the fact that we approach things differently and we're not afraid to put things out in an unconventional way, and then people are surprised and delighted um, <laughs> by what we've created and how they've like experienced wine. Mm. And I and I think specifically for you mm. and for Missy mm. cannot be replicated or duplicated. Ooh. Hey. Control, uh, the tricks are for kids, uh, and who I'm too old, uh, go ahead, uh, with your game, uh, don't ever come back.
because I just poured this Santa Lucia Highlands Pinot Noir. Mm. Um, it's giving me kind of a, a little connection <laughs> vibe. I'm gonna go with, and we share the same birthday. Who? The only Christopher we acknowledge as well. Oh, okay. Ooh. Oh, y'all have the same birthday. Mm -hmm. oh. And so, and, I, and I'm not even gonna get close to spit any type of bars. So I will like, <laughs> I mean, like, 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 the, like, the say, delivery <laughs> of that bar was pretty fire. Like, that was a pretty fire yeah. bar. You don't even need to. But I think, um, you know, you could be as good as the best of them, but as bad as the worst. Don't test me. Get my Get money. Better move over. Frank White, the desperado. Used to rock the all-black Mavado. The all-black El Dorado. All that and the bottle of Dawn P. Uh. Niggas can't harm me, I keep the army. It's Brooklyn in the house. Without a doubt, uh. I'm the rapper with clout. Everybody yap about okay. it. You know, the funny thing is, you got the Missy vibes right yeah, now. And yeah. And the bar delivery just now was very, very Biggie-esque. Okay. You okay. know, Big, oh. I, I like Big. Big's in my top five also. Okay. And interestingly enough, I was a Missy addict. Really? Like, like right. Big, I, that whole super flow. Oh, my goodness. Every, yes. Right? Every yes. Timbaland, Magoo, Jenny. Yes. Yeah. Everybody. All of it. Like, I was on all of it. Yeah. But Biggie, he's an ill artist to me because, like, his metaphors are, are so great. Yeah. But yeah. The way that he delivers them, you know how sometimes the artist will know he's saying something dope and like put a huge amount of emphasis, emphasis on it. Emphasis on it. Biggie will say it and just smooth and cool. And yes. you'll, you'll get it, you'll get different lines every time you Later, listen to it yeah. just because of how smooth he delivered it. And you just appreciate it that much more. That's, that's what you just dropped right there. So that's a really good segue into Pinot Noir that is like very smooth. I, you know, you know, you yeah. see, you know what I'm saying? And and the name of this wine is Cocky Motherfucker. So you know what I'm saying? I feel like we we vibing right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's what. But you know what? That that's a perfect example of the amazing branding you guys do. I think that another reason that you're so successful is the brands are so on point and there's so much to it. It's not just a great name like Black Girl Magic. You know, mm. it's not just, oh, cocky motherfucker, what is that? Like, first of all, the wine's named cocky motherfucker. <laughs> let's, let's just stop right there. It here. really is. Stop, process that, <laughs> and move on. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's But there's not, a reason, it, yeah, right? That's, that's the thing. I'm just like, I'm excited to hear, <laughs> you know, like, where, where did you come up with the name for cocky motherfucker? Well, <laughs> So it is, um, the wine is a, an homage to our father, to our shared dad. And you'll see like all of our, from the inception of all of the wines that we make, we created our own family crest because that's what you do when you, you know, start a business with your newfound sister. So our family crest consists of two lionesses that represent each of our mothers who are supporting us from each side. And then a peacock in the center, which is representative of our dad, right? Because he was known to be cocky. Um, so you'll see all of these elements, we pull on them in different ways and all of our different brands, all of our different wines. Our reserve wines are um, illustrative depictions of moments of our story, right? So like we have eight or so reserve wines, all of them are kind of like an illustration um, of some part of our story. This one we dedicated to our dad. So it's a big, you know, drawing of a peacock. Each vintage, we do like a little tweak to it. 
Um, but he was a cocky motherfucker. So, <laughs> so <laughs> the peacock has an I'm afro. To know my children are gonna name my wife. I mean, you just have to like, you know, you just have to go with it. Cause like the peacock has an afro. This vintage, he has a gold chain. There's a vintage where he has like a, a little power pick in his hair. Um, and you know, we just want to pray. People were like, you can't name a wine. That. Yeah, and they're like, don't say we can't. <laughs> yeah, we, we can very much, and we did, and we will. Um, so, you know, it's just, but it's like you talk about like the meaning behind all of these things. It's not random. We're not like, oh, this would be a catchy name. Like, it very much goes back to our story, to our father, his personality, his lineage. It ties back to all of our brands, how we incorporated him and our mothers into our crest. So, there's no, people will tell us a lot of times like, oh, you guys are like great branders, you make great brands. It's like, we don't really set out to say like, oh, what is a, yeah. a good or, you know, like a catchy brand. It's all very much tied to our experience and to our story and what we're trying to express with like any given wine. Yeah, and this, so um, 2009 was the first vintage that we made wine together. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the first vintage that we made San Lucia Pinot Noir was 2019. So, you know, we had 10 vintages under our belt, so we felt like it was time. We felt like we were ready, technically, our wine team to like create something really incredibly beautiful. And a lot of times, you know, in the commercialization of the business, sometimes you can feel like you have to make wine a certain way. And so for us, it was like, nah, like we got like 10 vintages under our belt. We're gonna do it how we wanna do it. And so we did that. And then that's why it was like inspired by Cocky Motherfucker. Like we're gonna be extra confident because we feel good. We know who we are. We feel real good. And, and this is what we're giving you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. 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 I mean, honestly, it's interesting because that makes me want to buy it that much more. And I think yeah. that's why good branding is important. And especially when you're talking about expression, the truest expression is always the best one. Right. You know, and that, that's right. why um, what I think has a, a biggest part to do with the success is that honesty is always the best policy and Absolutely. you don't you don't have to sell when you're just telling people what it is right you know that that is that is really cool it has to come from somewhere as in so but what um it really feels like the brands kind of just come to you, you know? they do very you much mentioned like i feel like it's more so the expression first and then thinking about all right how do we do that like when you came in did you intend to to create several different lines or was it always like what made you say, all right, let's do one more. All right, let's do another one. Like where did that come from? I think it is like, you know, at our core, you know, loving wine, the history of wine, yes, of course, to our is important and place and all these different things. But how we really are inspired is, you know, when we're going through harvest, we're really thinking about like, you know, tasting, tasting the grapes, tasting the berries, but really thinking about like, what is the context of what's happening right now in the world? What is the context of who we imagine is going to enjoy this wine? And so it's like all of these things coming together. So there isn't like one very like clear path we're going to like make this brand and make this brand. It really is a culmination of just where we are in that moment and like maybe having a lot of experiences from different times of our life and then just connecting the dots and the stars to that moment and then really thinking about like who we're serving and like how we can just make a, a really amazing experience for 
them by themselves or they just want to have a, a beautiful glass by themselves or they're people or a party or like whatever it is i know this is a long answer but no, but, no, it's, but it's but it's not like a it's not like it, it, it really is like uh a moment you know and then we are usually aligned to that moment in a very scary way <laughs> it's, it's actually very intuitive yeah. so it's not like we as you know winery owner like wine producers like we ha we don't have like brand exercises we right, don't right. like go yeah. through yeah. we don't go through like a strategic right, guys, yeah, yeah yeah we don't have like strategic like meetings on like what are we going to call this it's very much you know me and on andrea go through year to year through the uh, evolution of our business like it's all it's all based on our experiences so um, it's just very intuitive and a lot of times like we can communicate without speaking which our staff hates um, but um, you know it, it comes from within us and our experiences and it's not like in um, a strategic or intentional brand play necessarily because we feel like we're making our, our, our goal and our mission is to make like amazing wines right so like we start with that like what we call it, how we name it, how we communicate, like the story behind it is almost like, I don't say spiritual, but it's like yeah. very like intuitive to us. Like we don't, it, we don't even really need to discuss it to be honest, right, which right. is kind of like weird and creepy to people, but you know, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. So and day. then we inform people about it. <laughs> like, this is what it is. Yeah, this, this is what is, we've this decided. Is where we're going. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, okay, this is what we're doing. So one day you call and you're like, yo, cocky motherfucker. Yeah. The pin on the watch. Yes, we're doing it. Is that how? Very so much. Very. So we have we have team here that can speak to that yeah. because we'll be like would, we'll be like you know what, and she'll be like yup, and I'll be like bet, and like people are like, can you tell us what we're talking about right here? But we've made a whole decision. So, uh, so, so um, can you and especially because you have so many people that look up to you uh, business wise and want to really just understand how to do what you do, right? So mm -hmm. can you take me through? the moment of the idea and where the idea starts and then how it goes from there. Like what is the entire process? Mm, so I think, I think for, I'm glad you have an answer. For no, no, I don't. It's a big question. Yeah. So I, I think if I, and I'm going to simplify it okay. down, okay. but I think um, at the center of everything is uh, is our purpose and we think about like the strategy is the purpose you know the purpose is the strategy those two things are in lockstep and so and, it, and that's our north star and it goes just back to like how can we make wine accessible to everybody um, and how can we bring more people into wine and then you know as people are going through their wine journey like what what can we offer them that's you know different and then somehow align that with our passions and what we want to make and what we want to do um, and so I think because the business is not easy, you know, and so I think a big part of, you know, where we are, where we are today is that you're going to go through all these crazy ups and turns and entrepreneurialism is like a roller coaster, but we've always had a really strong North Star. So in the hardest times, like we believe in it so much, you know, that gets us through the, those hard times. Um, and then when times are good, like it just reinforces the purpose <laughs> like and the we're strategy. Doing the yeah, right we're doing the right thing. thing. Look, yeah. there's proof. Yeah, you know. Um, and so I think that for the, for people that are thinking about getting into entrepreneurialism, whatever industry it is in, is you know, um, it's going to be hard if the motivation is money. 
you know, it's going to be hard if the motivation is like you have a chip on your shoulder and you're trying to prove somebody wrong. Like, or if it's fame. Yeah, or if it's yeah. fame. Yeah. You know, you, you really have to get into this because this is your, your passion and, and you have to have a greater purpose that is beyond yourself as, an, as an individual. That, that is that is so true. I, I always say you gotta do it for the intention, not the attention. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's it's just right. And that's so right. I, you, like you just like you mentioned, when there's so many points in the process that you want to stop, and obviously I have to tell give myself a lot of self motivation. Yeah. But like another thing I say is like whenever you feel like stopping, remember why you started. Right. And you'll it's never, the why. It's you know, the why. Like that that is going to constantly just push you and you have to be solid like is your why are you willing to pursue your why whether you're making money or not because as an entrepreneurial venture there is a time when you're starting up and maybe even later oh yeah everybody getting paid first right exactly (laughs) it's like you know it comes time for paying for grapes or payroll or whatever it is sometimes you are not getting that money right but like what has to drive you is the reason the purpose the vision that got you started in the first place if your reason for being in whatever space you're in is not strong enough to like withstand those moments it's not the right place for you you're not going to be successful yeah if you are not motivated by this <laughs> just get back in bed, go to the Mariah's son. No. <laughs> you still on the couch? <laughs> no, but like, um, it, it's so, you know, we got, I got to constantly infuse my hip hop. This is yeah. such okay. a motivational conversation. Like what, if you had to pick a song, like me, I constantly need to get up, got to get out of bed music. Right now, I'm going to say my, my motivational song is probably... It's the song by 42 Doug featuring Yo Gotti, Bounce Back, if you haven't heard it. Listen to it. But, like, Yo Gotti starts off. Down six mil. Just said I got 30 days. Show my pay that shit in 30 minutes if I want to pay. Bounce back. Bounce, bounce back. What I do? Bounce back. Bounce, bounce back. What I do? Pack in. Every brick losing a split. What I do? Tell them you don't straighten it. I ain't paying shit. What I do? Bounce back. Bounce, bounce back. What I do? Bounce back. Like, I mm. like the fact that, mm-hmm. like, for me, Yo Gotti speaks, like, about business hustling. And, like, I'm going to meetings and shit like that. I want to listen to some Yo Gotti. He got a tax <laughs> issue. He got to come up with 60 million, 30 days. Like, you know, that I, I like shit like that. Yeah. That was, <laughs> okay. But that's hustling. And it's business. Is, you, there's a lot of bounce back that you yeah, constantly yeah. have to do. You Every do, day. Down 40 and then up 60 the next day. Very real, much really, so. Really, really easy. So... Very much what, so. And, and when I'm in that spot and I got to turn up my hustle, I throw on Yo Gotti. Who, who, okay. Who's your motivational? Okay. Who, oh. Who's the motivation? I think ours is very different. It, it is. You up. Yeah. Okay. So, so we are in the yay area. Mm. Oh, you know, oof. so we, we definitely have to lead with E40. And specifically, I think for black women, mm. You know, you there's multiple layers of things that like you encounter every day that you have to work through, and so you have to remind yourself of that black girl magic. Yeah, that you have inherently <laughs> that has been passed down generationally. So I think my song would be from Forty. Shout out to Earl would be My Shit Bang. Oof. Okay. <laughs> you just gotta remind yourself about who you are yeah. and, and the lineage that you came from. Time my music up. Time my time my music up. Time my music up. Turn my music up, turn my music up, shit bang, my 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 sh
I'm a motherfucking beast, I'm a motherfucking hog Pull up with the slump, or should I say black trunk Sounding like I got an alligator in the back Paint wetter than melted ice Rallying hockey strikes, burning rubber at every light Me mugging like fuck your life um, Boy, that Brandon talk She, yeah. <laughs> she talking that fly talk She talking that B.I.G. shit um, My sister's just a little bit more thug than I am <laughs> I don't know uh, <laughs> No, I'm very much like, you know, like the Zen sister. So it's a, like, we're talking about hip hop rap. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little more hip hop-ish, but um, I feel like for me, like it's like most stuff. It's, it's in this particular song, which I don't know, like, you know, people who are like hip hop heads, rappers might not like, you know, I don't categorize it that way. So Yasin, Yasin Bey now, right? Well, I don't know. I think he was most deaf then. I don't know. Maybe okay, he was okay, Yasin okay. Bey. I don't know. Okay. But for like Umi says, because I'm like, I just want my people to be free. That's why we're doing what we're doing. We want people to be, and black people and all people, to feel that they have a place yes. in wine and to be able to um, be entrepreneurs, come into the space unburdened, unshackled, and to be successful. And so like everything that we're doing is we're trying to prove that that's possible. Um, and so for me, that's the one that kind of like writes me. We talked a little bit earlier, like I'm petty, right? So, <laughs> so we I'm like, I go and just leave that, you out okay, there. Okay, okay. Sometimes we're a little petty, but that like helps me write myself, right? So I'm like, okay, leave the pettiness behind. This person said this yeah. thing or did this thing, or they're trying to stop us from being great, whatever. Um, but just brings me back to like, this is why we're doing what we're doing, you know. <laughs> so. I've got to say, man, like there, there are times when I, you know, have these conversations and I'm just glad that the cameras are on, right? Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's, people get perfect answers sometimes, but you, I mean, um, I, I could not, I could not break that down in that way. I was hit oh. with that, I couldn't, I couldn't break that oh, down. Oh, okay, but yeah. that was amazing also because you guys gave such different energy and, and equally great for, for different reasons. Which I feel like it really speaks to our personality and our relationship. It's like our goals, she's laughing, our goals and our visions are exactly the same, right? But like our personalities like approach it. Mm. In different ways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. More than one way to say yeah. that. Wait, that's right. Like, <laughs> on motivation though, like so who, what other, I feel like every, there's so many people listening to this interview. Yeah. That are inspired by your story. I told you earlier, one of my friends, I told her, um, interviewing the McBride says that she lost her mind. I'm more important to her now. Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was doing big time stuff like this. So, but, but that said, like, what, what female executives uh, inspire you? you mm. know, I feel like there's so many people that are inspired by you. Like, who, who inspires you on an executive level? Well, from a business standpoint, there's some goats, right? There are some goats. Yeah. I, for me, I really have two, um, which is 
I like me a mogul. Um, so, and in that bucket, I put um, Oprah and Martha Stewart. I feel, I feel like people laugh at me about Martha Stewart. My first of all, she's not a snitch. But second of all, <laughs> there's a reason, she right? She there's there's a reason real. her and Snoop have, you know, <laughs> yeah. like a good relationship. But just also in terms of like omni-channel brand building, like multiple products, multiple, you know, from media to home products to cooking to wine to all of the things. And I feel like both of them kind of fit in that category. And I feel like I look at ourselves in that same way. Like we are obviously, you know, passionate about wine. This is our business, but we feel like we also like breach that right into like other areas of experience, consumer goods, all of the things. So I kind of always think about both of them in that way when I, you know, the, the long-term vision or like opportunities, like we can be anything we want, right? We can touch this space, we can create content, we can do whatever it is. And I feel like both of them obviously over, you know, 30 or 40 years or however long they've been doing this, um, except for like a slight pr prison stint. I don't want that. <laughs> except for that, I feel like that's very much, some, I find it very aspirational, you know, and inspirational to look at those two and women, right, who were repeatedly, people tried to put them in their place, right? As a black woman as a, and as a businesswoman, constantly in a place where you can't do that. We're gonna, we're gonna put you over here. This is not a space for you, you can't be successful over here. And um, they succeeded despite all of that. So I find inspiration in it. On a different level. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. So I'm trying to think of something because those would be my answers. Yeah. Um, but I think in business, uh, a facilitator of the arts, um, who's an executive, um, a woman by the name of Alana Mayo. She's a president of Mm. Ariane Studios, Big Hollywood Studio uh, production, and she really is a steward to um, black creative people and stories like, you know, she helped steward uh, the movie Till, wow. you know, mm -hmm. um, and so to me that's inspiring because that's like an, another example of beyond yourself and being able to cut like a path and a road for other people and also importantly telling our history and our stories. Right. You know, so I have a lot of love and respect and shout out to Alana. <laughs> I like that. We trying to run them numbers up, y'all. You want to help grow the brand? Subscribe to the YouTube right now. Be the first to check out new episodes of Taste and Notes from the Streets, our fire visual and event series where we pair our favorite foods from the hood with different wines from around the world. I mean... If you only listen to the podcast, you're only getting half the fun. So subscribe to the podcast and subscribe to our YouTube. One. It's, it's real. And, and even to look at it from that perspective, I feel like people never necessarily they think about the challenges. Yeah. You know, if everyone is really easy to point to your success, but no one thinks about the fact that there's challenges in life. Like life is a challenge, period. Every day. getting here. No, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is that, easy. Like what? What, type, what were some of the, the serious challenges that hit you guys coming up and putting everything together? I think 
long list. I know. I'm like, oh. Uh, what is that we can uh, talk about that stands out? Yeah. Um, but just know, whatever she's about to say, it is. She just gave me the look, too, by the way. I know. I was like, look. Older sisters. Those are the communication. Yes. I was like, look. Just know that there are a series, a series of dramatic challenges from day one and they continue to this day so there is no point in business where you are not challenged and particularly being women and black women in probably any space it is continuous so and so now so now she just gave I'm me like, the, she just gave me the, and I, now gave her the so, I gave her the tap i gave her the tap now you um so i think that you know when you're starting something you're incredibly passionate you are the creator you are the person I think one of the things that I've learned over time is, you know, you can have the vision, but it takes a village. It literally takes a village of people um, and, and making sure that you find people that, you know, align to your values and, and align to the vision of the company and being humble enough to say, you know, um, hiring somebody that that might be better, more specialized than you that can take your vision to like the next level. You know, and so I think humbly for me, you know, it, it is that is um, the, the challenge of, you know, you are who you are. You can create something like super dope, but really to like maximize it and take it to a level, um, you know, uh, to the moon, you know, and beyond. You really need a village, an awesome team. And, and um, uh, without it, um, it's really not possible, you know, and so. Um, I would say like one of the bigger, biggest challenges is like you move at a million miles an hour and it's like being able to invest, find those people, recruit those people, you know, is, is always a thing. Like finding the expertise, right? Yeah. Because every stage and particularly for like entrepreneur founders, yeah. there's a, you know, a certain phase of your startup, of your business growth where we are in control of everything. Yeah. You touch everything. You know, nothing happens if it's literally not us doing that. And of course, with success, the size of your business, your, you know, teams, all of the things expands. And every phase of business is a place that we haven't yet been. Yeah. Right? So it's like with success, okay, yeah. we've moved into this next you now have to territory. Brand right. Job. So it's like you have to be there's a certain there's a certain level of like um, humility, humility yeah. that you have to have to be able to acknowledge, okay, I don't know. Yeah. I, I one, I don't know what I don't know, but I'm assuming that there's things that I don't know because we me and her have not yet been here, right? So who does know? Who can we, you know, bring into our team, or who can we, you know, solicit advice or whatever it is um, from to help us like be successful in this next stage? And because we've been fortunate that our business has, you know, grown year over year and gone forward, we're kind of encountering those like clips kind of fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, oh, we'll be in this stage, you know, we'll we'll do a three-year plan or a five-year plan, and in 18 months. You're past that. We're past that, right? So it's like how we, the resources or the staff or, you know, the expertise that we've engaged for that stage, we're already at the next stage, right? So, but it takes um, us as founders being able to acknowledge, okay, like we're here now. Um, we need, we need that. We don't have it, right? We need that expertise from a business perspective to help us like navigate this next 
phase in order to get to the next phase. And look, I just told you like my wine is cocky motherfucker, Biggie's my, you know, so I'm saying humbly, you know, because I think that, you know, I come with it and I can do all of it. And I think- She the, does think she can do yeah. it. And I, but I think at the end of the day, your gut intu intuition is like what got you there. It's still incredibly important, but you need to surround you yourself. You, you can't know? let ego That's right. like get in the way of the success yeah. of business, right, and the evolution. No, that, that is so true. It's funny, Mike. I was going to ask you guys, um, you know, what advice do you have for people that are in business and coming up with? Like, you just answered the question that I had for myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, more th not because, honestly, like, really, um, Tom's already came out the other day, and, like, <laughs> everything. Everybody, it just yeah. put it into hyperspeed. Like, I did not think that that was going to come from it. Right. I was just like, okay, this is going to be good press and this will highlight these other things that I'm doing. Right. And it, it just like you said, like I had plans for like five years right? and now every opportunity for everything that I had, you know, so it's like now picking and choosing and trying to um, look at that. But you know, the fact that you're like, yo, lock in focus on the team, I'm going to take your advice. Please do. And, 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 and put the ego aside. Oh, yeah. You know, we all have an ego. Yeah. And, and, and a big part of it too is like, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that you have to say no to. Yeah. You know, that's, that's one of the hardest that's things. That's the hardest thing. Because right. as like entrepreneurs, you, you, you are innately, you you're innately opportunistic. It's synonymous with being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You're opportunistic. You see opportunities, you seek them out. Um, Saying no to every opportunity it's is really very hard. difficult. Yeah, and very, also, very especially difficult. when it's something that you've wanted to do for mm -hmm. yeah. such a long time. Yeah. It's like there's only 24 hours. It's the problem. Day. We only got 20, we were only assigned 24 well, hours yeah, a day. <laughs> you need team members, okay? It'll be a great experience, but you guaranteed. Have, but you have to remember it's a long game and you gotta play three dimensional chess, right? And you just have to know that like you have confidence in yourself and if you're really bringing something of value, there's no rush. Mm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's hard true. for entrepreneurs to like <laughs> yeah. We we have that. I'm, I'm giving right? you this advice. No, I'm she's, like, she's saying it, but worst. she's challenged with that. I'm, like, I'm talking to myself. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Out of my yeah. Mouth, I'm to it's me. a it's a challenge, you know, no, because we have so many great opportunities and like, you know, amazing, engaging folks to meet and collaborate with and do all the things. Yeah. There are literally 24 hours in every single day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's tough. And also, like, I got where I am by saying yes to things. You know, right. the power of yes is is amazing. Right. Um, Same. But it's but, but that seesaw is going to... Yeah, nah, yeah. It's just, you know. starting to go to Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah. Right. I'm going to take that drool and put it down. My okay, page. all right. Okay. You know? <laughs> 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 For the randoms out there that are not here in this kitchen yeah what what advice do you have for everyone that's looking up to you and just saying I want to do that um I feel like it's some of the things that we just already okay. spoke about right <laughs> so it's like your vision you have to determine what it is that you're building your business around and your aspirations around is your vision are you passionate enough about your vision to do it if you don't get paid tomorrow right or potentially anytime in the future because that passion and that vision that you have at times will have to be the thing that fuels you to get up in the morning and do the thing right you may not have that 
monetary compensation at all times. It's up, it's down. And I think that a lot of people think about new ventures, you know, startup world or entrepreneurialism. I talk about this a lot because I'm like that, like TED talk made up founder story is not reality. It's not reality. Like nobody, almost nobody has, oh, I came up with this a great idea and then somebody funded me $50 million and then look, I've got <laughs> on, on Tuesday, right. you know, I've got the thing. Especially minorities. Especially, yeah, especially right. minorities and especially black women, the least funded, you know, and, but the highest level of entrepreneurs and of, of business owners. So those are mm. cute TED Talks, right? But that's not the reality. It so good. It sounds good. <laughs> it makes for a nice like little stage presentation. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is you're going to have these ups and downs and you need to make sure that whatever it is that you're pursuing, you are actually and literally passionate about and that, that passion can fuel you to keep going yes. during those downtimes. Yeah, and I, I would say like, I would like challenge everybody. I think, you know, Instagram has not helped the world because people right. just think that, you know, you bowl and you, you do all this stuff like overnight and, and that's not how it works. And let me actually like so I'm gonna like mm -hmm. bring Jay Z back into the okay, all right. Why, well, man. why 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 the heck? <laughs> but but I think it is like in order to be successful, like you have to care about it more than anybody else, like what you're doing. Yeah. And the genius, I think for the three of us, is not giving up. Like we're here, right. we we're here where we are, to to quote, you know, Sean Carter is like, we didn't give up. You know, sure. we loved it so much, we had the purpose, we had the North Star. You know, and it's a marathon. Yeah. It is you know. a marathon. That is so true, man. I mean, especially on that, you know, you think about um, people that jump out and uh, want to do something and not quite think about things all the way through, not necessarily have to follow through. I feel like there were a lot of people that had great intentions. Yeah. Um, in 2020, like after George Floyd was murdered. Right. It was a huge huge everybody support the black community put your black square up yeah you know um but it of course and i don't think people were like disingenuous when they did that but it's at just the like, time you know yeah the energy is gone yeah now what is it you know but first i want to actually pour some black girl magic oh since, yeah since, absolutely you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah i think yeah. this is the right one for this time moving on yeah. Yeah. moving yeah. on yeah. cheers yeah. So this is Black Girl Magic Riesling, mm. which is the first wine that we launched with the Black Girl Magic collection in 2018. Yes. Inspired, so, inspired by some of the wines that we love in the old world, like in the Alsace region of France, obviously in the Mosul in Germany. Um, and, um, you know, we needed something, you know, a, a noble royal grape, because I feel like that, you know, vine. Yeah, yeah, you know, we needed something that really was emblematic of Black Girl Magic, so royalty. And like, you know what I'm saying? so expressive yeah. and so vibrant. Yes. It's an off-dry Riesling, so a lot of people tend to think of like Rieslings as really sweet. This one has just like a little touch of sweetness, but really, really vibrant acidity um, to balance it out perfectly, which we think is like very suiting for like the balance of like Black Girl Magic, you know, as a mantra, as a theme for the wine. I mean, again, this is just, but that's what I mean. It, it's so, when it's real, you don't have, it's not work. No, it's not. It's that, not. Is, that is the thing. The biggest compliment that I've gotten, I think, through this entire couple weeks thing with all these people talking to me is like, yo, when they, after they speak to me, like, yo, 
you the real deal. Like people would think that. Like what did you think? I'm like when they. That's the funny thing. Like when people hear wine and hip hop, they're like, oh yeah, he's probably some, you know, <laughs> grew up in the burbs, really likes hip hop or doesn't really know wine that well. But then after like they get to know me, like oh shit, this is like yeah. an authentic representation of who he is. That's why he's he's talking about that, and I feel like that's a big part of why we're able to stick to this we're authentic representations of yeah. ourselves you yeah, know that's right um, which definitely is dope and it's just the meaning behind every brand so it's so like rare. it's interesting because like with the question that you were just posing we launched we started working on black girl magic lines on the riesling in 2016 2017 yeah. we launched it in 2018 we launched yeah. it at essence festival in new orleans based on like just a lot of like milestones we felt like for black women mm-hmm. in general yeah. um, and at Essence Festival or in New Orleans they had just elected our first black woman as mayor so we like took the stage for the opening of Essence Festival we kind of like unveiled black girl magic um, as a wine I think it's the only time we ever like underestimated a little bit yeah. <laughs> like how you know how much interest there would be in a wine we didn't make that much initially we just thought it would kind of be a commemorative you know wine Really quickly, we learned that there was a lot of um, a lot of black girl magic. Uh, out a there. lot of black girl magic. <laughs> a lot of people wanted the wine. Hey, let me tell you. So, uh, I got this email from like the warehouse. So you guys get an insight. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I already know what you're talking about. So I got this email, you know, and the person from the warehouse was saying, "Look, you know, we're really sorry, but like, there was like a bunch of pallets where people like like stole a bunch of your wine." And I'm just like, "Oh, you know, what is it?" And they're like, "Black girl magic." And I called her, and I was like, "We like, no. we like when high someone, five each when other." <laughs> Stealing and bootlegging your wine, you like, know, you know <laughs> that like you 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 oh, go. Now you're happy with yeah. it. Yes. Yes. No, 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 because people don't steal like, like, like the random know, stuff, yeah. right? Like the workers, it's like the yeah. workers at the warehouse, they were like stealing the wine. So we're like, okay, we're on to something here. <laughs> we're like, when, when people want to risk it all, yeah, like you're willing to risk, risk it all to, to take um, your products. You yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing that's interesting is, you know, we kind of launched it, unveiled it in 2018, come 2020, which you're talking about the period post, you know, after uh, George Floyd's death. And a lot of black-owned businesses, you know, started to get some, uh, you know, notoriety or whatever. People were supporting them and promoting them. There was an assumption that we created Black Girl Magic in mm. response to mm-hmm. um, um, that event, and it's like, no, actually, we've been had worked on it for like five years prior, <laughs> right? Um, because it is such an important. To, to us, it's such an yeah. important um, sentiment and it's such a, a culturally important phrase that we wanted to express through a wine. It just so happens that it was, you know, be, uh, became very popular during a time where we had all of these other things going on. But we've never created a, a wine, a brand, a mantra, a, you know, content, anything um, in response to any know racially motivated things that might be going on in the world is generally just like we've been talking about based on our experiences our family you know who we're who we're wanting to be pay respects to or celebrate like with our different products and and so on that point you know like our our father's from Camden Alabama between Selma and Montgomery our grandfather was born in 1885 our our father the first born free yeah our father was the youngest of 12 sharecropped pick cotton so we are 
250 years from slavery, 90 years from Jim Crow, 45 years of, uh, you know, racist uh, property ownership, things that, that, that stop us from owning property, you know what I'm saying? Property, and yeah. so this is really paying homage to, Robin and I are able to do what we do because of the people that came before us. Right. 100% facts, right? So it really was like, the genesis of that was like, the realization prior to 2020, when we started working on it before that was like, we feel like black women aren't seen in the wine industry. Mm -hmm. And so it was like a very like, you know what? It was we're a, gonna, sta a statement. We're gonna show mad love because we can't do what we do without people in our direct family and our community. No, it's true. And it, at that time, it's just, I do feel like there was, like I was in a similar position where it's like I was doing my wine and hip hop stuff already. Right, you know? right. Like, I used it as a way to stay in front of my wine consulting class. I was yeah. never trying to do a podcast to get famous or anything. Right. It was just a loss leader to stay in front of people online that were already working with me. But I was already doing this stuff to bridge cultures. And then I'm a consultant, not really a media dude. So when clients started asking me how to fix this problem, it was just shifting what, the, mm -hmm. what I was offering in my consultancy, you know? Yeah. So it's just, I, I think a big part of um, also the success that we're sharing is being ready when, when, That's when right. preparation meets opportunity. Stay that ready. Stay ready. Stay ready. What happened, you know? Ready, ain't gotta get yeah, we're, like, we're, <laughs> right. we're, we're already ready. Yeah, no, right. That was, that was, uh, but like with that, there were, and it was also a weird time. People need to like jump online, things like that. Yeah. I was put in an interesting position, and then there were several other people that I mean, organizations, lots of different things sprouted up yeah. out of that time. There were initiatives started by companies that were saying, um, and. Some people stuck to it, some people didn't. The yeah. landscape is just extremely different now. Like, right. I'd be interested to, to know what, what your observations are from that time and the promises to now and what you've I'll tell you, seen. I personally was very skeptical. So I'm like, okay, like we'll <laughs> see. Like y'all are outlining these things. And for a lot of like corporations, it was like, big dollars it was like really aggressive initiatives and we're like mm. yeah i know it was like wow, yeah we, i was like we mm. finally been heard yeah it was you know they gave us juneteenth i know yeah. right <laughs> which by the way has been a company holiday in our organization for yes. a long time before this so we're like yes. mm, you know i don't know i guess we'll see like we're here for it right now right. but like how confident were we that folks were really gonna stick with it i'll say in my opinion i feel like particularly from a retailer's perspective. So like national accounts, mass retailers, I have been pleasantly surprised yeah. that they kept to their goals and their ambitions and those strategies that they laid out, they've stuck to, to this day and right. beyond, right? Because there are longer, longer term and, and permanent ambitions that they set forth. Um, I think even really within wine, I feel like I'm, as skeptical as I was, I'm still sort of pleasantly surprised to see how many folks have stuck with it. We assumed that, you know, by, you know, September of that year, everybody would have moved on to so something else, right? Yeah, right. Like they were going to be on to something else. So we were kind of like, I don't know, we'll see. But I think over, and there's definitely some folks who have dropped yeah. off a lot of, you know, when we're talking about bigger corporations and bigger organizations, like we've seen the, the DEI folks get laid off, you know, like all these kind of things. But I think um, overall, I am 
surprised at how many have stuck to it and continue those efforts today. I would have discounted a lot of them, to be honest. Um, but um, I think, you know, overall, they're sticking by what they set by what they set forth to do. You know, how long ago was it? What year is this? That was four four years ago. Five yeah. four years ago. We're in twenty. Yeah. Yeah. If you asked me then, I would have been like, no way. There's no way they're gonna keep this up. This is like a fad, right? It's a moment that they're just trying to capitalize on. But I think though, what I'm optimistic about is I feel like. Um, despite, doesn't matter like your race or ethnicity, where you grew up from, like I definitely see like a big belief shift change demographically in the US, you know? So I think with corporations kind of sticking by what they said and like having like an understanding that like, you know, the next generations of people, despite if you're black or if you're Latino or if you're Asian, um, you know, if you're Native American, wherever you're from, you know, where you're kind of perceived a minority in this country, um, you know, and if, if, you're, um, uh, if you're white and you have, you know, uh, European descent, I feel like there's a big belief shift that's changed and happened and has been sticky. And I just think, you know, future generations of people are more inclined to inclusiveness than yeah. exclusiveness. Been bars. I know, right? <laughs> Can I be your Yo, agent? Oh, all day on this. I think another important thing is the wine. It's, it's the, the wine. wine. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the cocky yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's feeling cocky. That's yeah, her yeah, true yeah, self yeah, yeah. that's coming out. But I think another important thing that came from that moment too was an understanding of the value of the consumer and. Yeah the spend that's equivalent, right? Oh, it's course. equivalent to like the GDP of Canada, I think, right? For like the black, <laughs> seriously, for like the black consumer, which was never really entertained from like the, a business perspective for a lot of large corporations. It was very much, you know, our entire 17 years in wine has been kind of advocating, you know, for the, this customer and for the value of this customer, which the industry really just didn't want to hear, right? They're right. like, black people don't really drink wine or they drink, you know, very inexpensive sweet but, wine. But I would even just say like minorities in general. No, 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 I know. What inclusives of that are like all women, yeah. but like, you know, yeah. Native, that means Asian, like just Latino. That, yeah, just yeah, that yeah. one point yeah. is significant, right? Yeah. And I feel like that, to me, it feels like this is the first, that period of time was the first true acknowledgement of minorities in whatever category being a valued consumer in this space. Prior to that, it was definitely not seen as such. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like, and you know, that obviously leads into some of these commitments and the shifts in the industry, the products, the marketing, the brand, branding, all of the yeah. things. That for us, it feels like the first time that, the, that these consumers are really seen yeah. and treated as valuable. Yeah. That was That's our facts. challenge. We, al we always stepped into spaces, whether it was within, you know, with retailers, with wholesalers, whatever it is, media, all of these things. We felt like we were always advocating, trying to prove or show, you know, the value of this consumer, which is what drives us. And it wasn't received, you know, as such. But I felt like a turning point, right? Yeah. Which I have to believe plays into why a lot of these companies and brands are still continuing with these. Yeah. Um, money talks, baby. Money talks, <laughs> right? At the end of the day. Mm -hmm. yeah. We're like, y'all don't see it, you know? Um, but, yeah, uh, so it's it's funny, man. Like I, I I I feel the same way. I've said it a bunch of times. I feel like I haven't, and even across industry, I don't I haven't seen any industry 
with the level of commitment to us ever see that in the wine industry. Yeah. And it might just be like, you know, when you buy a Nissan, you see a bunch of Nissans. I don't know. <laughs> right, but, right, um, right, right. I, I, I can't say that I've really seen. It's like diversity is every conversation. It's an urgent it is. need. Literally, I'm here, I'm in the Bay Area because I was speaking at a conference in Sonoma, right. talking about how to reach new audiences. Right. They did a they um, did a poll, 80% of the people in there were winemakers, mm. you know, or people that were brand owners. So at the end of the day, the people that are making the decisions are on this message. And they and you know, the, the reception to everything we talked about was great. But so often you see that when you have two really, really different cultures. People don't always speak the same language. Right. You know, we don't always speak the same dialect. Like, there's there's small things that would happen where, for example, I go to Hong Kong. If I'm giving them my business card like this, it's offensive if I'm not handing them my business card bound like that. And it's just right. not understanding the culture. Right. You know? It's, so, it's nuanced. Yeah. You don't quite know how to reach across and... So I think that I see so much effort to understand how to reach the There is, yeah. Um, it's just, it's really inspiring right now. It is. And there's, you know, there's a lot of opportunity because I think when you look at demographically what America is today, what it's going to be in five years, 10, 15, 20 years, it's a very multicultural society, right? Um, and you know, a minority majority eventually, right? Mm -hmm. We're we're pretty close to that. So I think there is like a, a real uh, wake up call for the wine industry to to realize that again, going back to access, wine is this beautiful thing, culture, history, all these things. So now, how can we um, instead of thinking about it from a context of this is wine, this is, this is how you have to do it, this is how how you have to think about it. Like, here's a person, this is their background, this is their culture. How can we, you know, integrate, supplement wine into... And enhance that. And enhance yeah. that, you know, yeah. versus um, forcing something. And it's the reality. It's, it it's the like future it's, of the business. It's very much a reckoning, um, which is necessary. I, I call it a, the it, reckoning. It's a reckoning. <laughs> I call it a reckoning. Which song. is necessary. <laughs> for the acknowledgement to say what has always worked will not work going forward, right? So like once you have that admission and understanding like we need to look at this differently going forward for the health of the overall industry, for, for all of wine, right? Um, then we see what we're seeing now, which is people that are open to new ideas, new concepts, new inputs, um, uh, cultural context that has had not yet been considered in the past, but is now welcome and um, the industry is receptive to it, which is new. Yeah. It's no, brand new. It's, it's totally new. It's big. I, I appreciate it. So and much. here we are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> here we are. So often I say, I'm like, damn, you know, if it wasn't economical stuff, would they listen? Then I think about it, I'm like, you listening, so you're going to learn this shit anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, well, right. but no, it's true. I'm, I'm just glad that, like, when I started this business in the way that I did it, it's all about helping to change people's perception of black right. men in America. Mm -hmm. I realized mm -hmm. that when I came in and people understood I was in the wine industry, no matter how I rolled, the, the assumptions that people had, and I had to go into rooms where people had a lot, a lot of assumptions, yeah. but I would stay myself 
who I was was a person that actually did love wine. And I realized I was able to cross, change a lot of outlooks that right. people started with. When they, and look, I had ways that I was looking at them too. Right, <laughs> right, right. So, it goes wine, both ways. Exactly. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, one is having that understanding that we might both think something about one another that yeah. might be off. But two people have to come to it like that. Right. You know, and then there's also um, the common bond, which so often can be one. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Great, great space that went in. I'm, I'm so proud. And I'm just like honored to like know you guys. Like, likewise. Same. Likewise. Same. Same. Likewise. Pretty huge deal. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a pretty likewise. huge deal. This is a, a pinch me moment it's, it's for me, us it's too. It's mutual. No, definitely. And we so I have to ask, like, what, what is next for you guys? Like, there's... Seems like you could pretty much do anything, you know. I, I, I'd love to know about like part three of the of the mini series. Because <laughs> y'all got like five, like, y'all got one mini series about growing up separately. Then you got one mini series about meeting together. Then you got one mini mini series about like all those crazy it's stuff. It's true. In it's true. You know. So like, what what's next for you? There's a few things, but I think like the. The thing that ties them all together is continuing to expand our accessibility and continuing to expand our reach um, with our gospel about wine and being a place for everybody to come and enjoy. So I think a couple of the things that we have, you know, this year or next year um, are one going into uh, internationally, right? So we're going outside of the the U.S. and to continent, Caribbean, Bahamas, like other countries, which is, yeah, up until now, you know, it's been, people forget winemaking is still agricultural, right? right. So it's like, there are so many grapes, like it takes a, <laughs> it takes a while to make wine, right. but we've been able to scale to a place where we can now, you know, meet the needs of the market in the U.S. And now we can look at, you know, some of these other places where we think our wines would be a great fit. So that's exciting for us. And I think uh, a big milestone was MLK. Day yes. This year, well, we got the keys. Yes. If I had keys, I would yes. jingle. I would jingle them right <laughs> yeah, now. Yes. We acquired a property in Carneros in Napa Valley. In Napa. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's gonna be crazy. That's gonna be. That's big. Oh, yeah. Wow. I yeah. can't even. I'm trying to process like the <laughs> level of stuff that you can do there. Like you think about the places that people are going there and like the difference that they'll get when they come here is. Um, well, I think that's about it, right? Like expanding the idea of what does it mean to visit um, uh, wine country, right? Like what does the wine experience mean? What does the tasting experience look like? Traditionally, and not saying that it's good or bad necessarily, but we're like, we'll be able to expand that. Like what does that experience look like? Who comes, who enjoys it? Um, and maybe it's not as traditional, you know, as what, and, and challenge people to, to think about the experience differently, right? Some people may think like, oh, that's not for me. Like, I'm not like going to Napa to do like wine tasting. Oh, but maybe there's this other, you know, vibe that might be more in line, you know, with me and how I want to spend my Saturday afternoon or what have you that we can provide. So we're excited about that. And it literally takes us back to nearly 18 years ago. Yeah, you know, when we first started and like this vision of like, how would we do it? You know, brought like some new life. Yeah. Invigorated. Yeah, just a different, you know, take a different, our our own vision on what that experience can be like. That is so cool. Well, I'm excited. Y'all know 
well, you'll be there. I'm, I'm like, trying. Yeah. Like, you know, just don't forget about the love people, oh, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is cool. I'm, I'm, it might be a little tough to get an appointment after a certain point. No, 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 no. You know nah. somebody. Oh, yeah. 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 You know some systems. You're good. You're good. Oh, God damn. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to come back and do like yes. the part two. You have to. You have to. Um, don't so play with us. I know it's kind of an obligation. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm like, don't, this, this is, see, don't play. Is, we're actually actually family now. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> like you're at my, you're in my kitchen. I'm in the crib. I'm yes. the crib. You're, you're in my kitchen. You're officially family. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Right here. I'll bring some vino. I promise. Okay. Not we appreciate it. A lack of any on show. But um, nah, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you. Better than I could have ever expected. Really? It's it's amazing amazing when like you know you see people online and then like you see them in person and they're like kind of quiet or not as cool or the, the pictures are really uh the the amazing part but i actually think that everything that's out there about you guys don't even do service for really oh, thank you so, okay well, we have to you. distribute this widely <laughs> yeah yeah let people know but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well thank you guys right, so yeah. much yeah. it's only yeah. right yeah. to end off with a toast with some black girls this, absolutely right. <laughs> thank you <laughs> This was a moment in Wine and Hip Hop, brought to you by Crew Love.